This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What happens when a diverse church glorifies the global God? Keep listening to find out more about Sandra Maria Van Opstel's book, The Next Worship. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is life. Presented by Innervar City Press. Your word is truth, your word is life. A daily audio Bible podcast read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. Esther, chapter 1, through Esther, chapter 2. Esther, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The king throws a lavish party. The following events happen in the days of Ahasuerus. I am referring to that Ahasuerus, who used to rule over 127 provinces, extending all the way from India to Ethiopia. In those days, as King Ahasuerus sat on his royal throne in Susa, the citadel, in the third year of his reign, he provided a banquet for all his officials and his servants. The army of Persia and Media was present, as well as the nobles and officials of the provinces. He displayed the riches of his royal glory and splendor of his majestic greatness for a lengthy period of time, 180 days to be exact. When those days were completed, the king then provided a seven-day banquet for all the people who were present in Susa, the citadel, for those of highest standing to the most lowly. It was held in the court located in the garden of the royal palace. The furnishings included white linen and blue curtains hung by cords of the finest linen and purple wool on silver rings, alabaster columns, gold and silver couches displayed on a floor made of valuable stones of alabaster, mother of pearl, and mineral stone. Drinks were served in golden containers, all of which differed from one another. Royal wine was available in abundance at the king's expense. There were no restrictions on the drinking, for the king had instructed all his supervisors that they should do as everyone so desired. Queen Vashti also gave a banquet for the woman in King Ahasuerus' royal palace. Queen Vashti is removed from her royal position. On the seventh day, as King Ahasuerus was feeling the effects of the wine, he ordered Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Bigta, Abakta, Zethar, and Karkas, the seven eunuchs who attended him, to bring Queen Vashti into the king's presence wearing her royal high turban. He wanted to show the people and the officials her beauty, for she was very attractive. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's bidding, conveyed through the eunuchs. Then the king became extremely angry, and his rage consumed him. 
The king then inquired of the wise men who were discerners of the times, for it was a royal custom to confer with all those who were proficient in laws and legalities. Those who were closest to him were Karshina, Shethar, Admatha, Tarshish, Medes, Marsena, and Memukan. These men were the seven officials of Persia and Media who saw the king on a regular basis and had the most prominent offices in the kingdom. The king asked, By law, what should be done to Queen Vashti in light of the fact that she has not obeyed the instructions of King Ahasuerus, conveyed through the eunuchs? Memukan replied to the king and the officials, The wrong of Queen Vashti is not against the king alone, but against all the officials and all the people who are throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. For the matter concerning the queen will spread to all the women, leading them to treat their husbands with contempt, saying, When King Ahasuerus gave orders to bring Queen Vashti into his presence, she would not come. And this very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Media, who have heard the matter concerning the queen, will respond in the same way to all the royal officials, and there will be more than enough contempt and anger. If the king is so inclined, let a royal edict go forth from him, and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media that cannot be repealed that Vashti may not come into the presence of King Ahasuerus and let the king convey her royalty to another who is more deserving than she, and let the king's decision that he will enact be disseminated throughout all his kingdom, vast though it is, and all the women will give honor to their husbands from the most prominent to the lowly. The matter seemed appropriate to the king and the officials, so the king acted on the advice of Memukan. He sent letters throughout all the royal provinces to each province according to its own script and to each people according to their own language, that every man should be ruling his family, and should be speaking the language of his own people. Esther, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Esther becomes queen in Vashti's place. When these things had been accomplished and the rage of King Ahasuerus had diminished, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decided against her. The king's servants who attended him said, Let a search be conducted on the king's behalf for attractive young women, and let the king appoint officers throughout all the provinces of his kingdom to gather all the attractive young women to Susa the citadel, to the harem under the authority of Haggai, the king's eunuch who oversees the women, and let him provide whatever cosmetics they desire. Let the young women whom the king finds most attractive become queen in place of Vashti. This seemed like a good idea to the king, so he acted accordingly. Now there happened to be a Jewish man in Susa, the citadel, whose name was Mordecai. He was a son of Jair, the son of Shemai, the son of Kish, a Benjaminite, who had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the captives who had been carried into exile with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken into exile. Now he was acting as the guardian of Hadassah, that is Esther, the daughter of his uncle, for neither her father nor her mother was alive. This young woman was very attractive and had a beautiful figure. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had raised her as if she were his own daughter. It so happened that when the king's edict and his law became known, many young women were taken to Susa, the citadel, to be placed under the authority of Haggai. Esther was also taken to the royal palace to be under the authority of Haggai, who was overseeing the women. This young woman pleased him, and she found favor with him. He quickly provided her with cosmetics and her rations, he also provided her with the seven specially chosen young women who were from the palace. He then transferred her and her young women to the best quarters in the harem. Now Esther had not disclosed her people or her lineage, for Mordecai had instructed her not to do so. And day after day, Mordecai used to walk back and forth in front of the court of the harem in order to learn how Esther was doing and what might happen to her. At the end of the twelve months that were required for the women, when the turn of each young woman arrived to go to King Ahasuerus, for in this way, 
they had to fulfill their time of cosmetic treatment, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfume and various ointments used by women. The woman would go to the king in the following way. Whatever she asked for will be provided for her to take with her from the harem to the royal palace. In the evening she went, and in the morning she returned to a separate part of the harem to the authority of Shazgaz, the king's eunuch, who was overseeing the concubines. She would not go back to the king unless the king was pleased with her, and she was requested by name. When it became the turn of Esther, daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had raised her as if she were his own daughter, to go to the king, she did not request anything except what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who was overseer of the woman, had recommended. Yet Esther met with the approval of all who saw her. Then Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus at his royal residence in the tenth month, that is, the month of Tebeth in the seventh year of his reign. And the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she met with his loving approval more than all the other young women. So he placed the royal high turban on her head and appointed her queen in the place of Vashti. Then the king prepared a large banquet for all his officials and his servants. It was actually Esther's banquet. He also set aside a holiday for the provinces, and he provided for offerings at the king's expense. Mordecai learns of a plot against the king. Now when the young women were being gathered again, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. Esther was still not divulging her lineage or her people, just as Mordecai had instructed her. Esther continued to do whatever Mordecai said, just as she had done when he was raising her. In those days, while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bichthon and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who protected the entrance, became angry and plotted to assassinate King Ahasuerus. When Mordecai learned of the conspiracy, he informed Queen Esther, and Esther told the king in Mordecai's name. The king then had the matter investigated and finding it to be so, had the two conspirators hanged on a gallows. It was then recorded in the Daily Chronicles in the king's presence. Psalm chapter 33, beginning at verse 1. You godly ones, shout for joy because of the Lord. It is appropriate for the morally upright to offer him praise. Give thanks to the Lord with the harp. Sing to him to the accompaniment of a ten-string instrument. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully as you shout out your praises to him. For the Lord's decrees are just, and everything he does is fair. He promotes equity and justice. The Lord's faithfulness extends throughout the earth. By the Lord's decree, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all the starry hosts. He piles up the water of the sea. He puts the oceans in storehouses. Let the whole earth fear the Lord. Let all who live in the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came into existence. He issued the decree, and it stood firm. The Lord frustrates the decisions of the nations. He nullifies the plans of the peoples. The Lord's decisions stand forever. His plans abide throughout the ages. How blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen to be his special possession. The Lord watches from heaven. He sees all people. From the place where he lives, he looks carefully at all the earth's inhabitants. He is the one who forms every human heart and takes note of all their actions. No king is delivered by his vast army. A warrior is not saved by his great might. A horse disappoints those who trust in it for victory. Despite its great strength, it cannot deliver. Look, the Lord takes notice of his loyal followers, those who wait for him to demonstrate his faithfulness by saving their lives from death and sustaining them during times of famine. We wait for the Lord. He is our deliverer and shield, for our hearts rejoice in him, for we trust in his holy name. May we experience your faithfulness, O Lord, for we wait for you. Psalm chapter 120, beginning at verse 1, a song of ascents. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord, and he answered me. I said, O Lord, rescue me. 
from those who lie with their lips and those who deceive with their tongues. How will he severely punish you, you deceptive talker? Here's how. With the sharp arrows of warriors, with arrowheads forged over the hot coals, how miserable I am, for I have lived temporarily in Meshech. I have resided among the tents of Kedar. For too long, I have had to reside with those who hate peace. I am committed to peace, but when I speak, they want to make war. New Testament reading, Colossians chapter 3 through Colossians chapter 4, verse 1. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Keep thinking about things above, not things on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you too will be revealed in glory with him. So put to death whatever in your nature belongs to the earth, sexual immorality, impurity, shameful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. You also lived your lives in this way at one time when you used to live among them. But now put off all such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with its practices and have been clothed with the new man that is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the one who created it. Here, There is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Exhortation to unity and love. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with a heart of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If someone happens to have a complaint against anyone else, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also forgive others. And to all these virtues, add love, which is the perfect bond. Let the peace of Christ be in control in your heart, for you were in fact called as one body to this peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and exhorting one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, all with grace in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Exhortations to Households Wives, submit to your husbands, as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be embittered against them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this is pleasing in the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, so they will not become disheartened. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in every respect, not only when they are watching, like those who are strictly people-pleasers, but with a sincere heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you are doing, work at it with enthusiasm, as to the Lord and not for people, because you know that you will receive your inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Serve the Lord Christ, for the one who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there are no exceptions. Colossians chapter 4 verse 1. Masters, Treat your slaves with justice and fairness, because you know that you also have a master in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Father God, I thank you that you are just God, that you are a liberator. When we read these passages, oh God, we just read and hear so much oppression and domination and bondage. But in the beginning, it was not so. Adam was not created to rule over Eve. Eve was not created to rule over Adam. They were meant to co-create prior to the fall. And then the fall came in in stratification and domination and oppression 
and all manner of sin and evil came into the world, O God. So when we read about the book of Esther and the way that the king sent for Vashti to come in her turban so that he could flaunt her around the politicians and all the people of stature within the provinces, O God, to objectify her, to treat her as an object, to treat her as property, as if she doesn't have agency of of her own. And Vashti refused. That was her recognizing her own dignity as an image bearer and saying no in refusing to be treated in an unworthy manner, O God. Far too often, women are objectified, whether they be single or married. But I thank you for the example of Vashti, who refused to be objectified and then was stripped of her title as queen. We continue to read Esther, and we must read it for what it is. Far too often, this book is read in ways that are colonizing, oh God, in ways that sugarcoat what was really going on. The search for a queen, for a replacement, a queen Vashti, was centered around a harem. This was not some beautiful self-care spa treatment. No, no, no. These women were taken in. They were trafficked in. Help us to read your word plainly. I thank you, O God, that in your word, you do not hide sin. You do not hide what is happening. You don't cover for uh, the matriarchs and the patriarchs and many of the um, actors in the Bible. Your word clearly actually says what is happening. But we oftentimes come to scripture um, with these rose-colored lenses or, or we just have a hard time being able to see what is in there. Far too often, people have been taught that Vashti was disobedient, that Vashti was wrong, and that people ought to aspire, you know, to beautify themselves and do all types of manner of things in order to win the favor and pleasure of a man, oh God. And that is wrong. So would you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you help us to read and interpret your word correctly? Would you help us, oh God, to see what is in there and to read the word in such a way that we can actually read it from the vantage point of those who are most oppressed and marginalized and minoritized in the text, oh God. I thank you for the ways that you will use corrupt systems and institutions in order to still bring out your will. Your providence is made evident through Esther's experience and story. I thank you, O God, for the ways that you have kept her and the way that you preserved your people, O God, the Israelites, through her boldness and through her courage uh, and through her wisdom and through her discernment. Thank you for that. Lord, would you just help us to see and read your word in a way that is honoring and pleasing to you, O God. Help us to know that scripture really does interpret scripture and that it is meant to be read in community so that other people can speak into our interpretation and help to clear up anything that might be confusing or hard to follow or or hard to understand, oh God. Like what we run into here in Colossians, oh God, where, where it says, you know, slaves obey your masters and, and masters, of course, you know, be, be kind and gentle, you know, um, to your slaves because you have a master in heaven. Oh God, when we hear that, we think immediately, particularly as a people here in America, as Black people in America, we think about chattel slavery, oh God. But that was not the system of slavery that was happening then. We know, oh God, that that word doulos is actually translated as bond servant. Could be somebody in the actual household 
who is like a servant, doesn't have maybe the same privileges as the children or the spouses in the household, but they are not treated as chattel. Lord, but we know that in your word that you forbid man stealing, that we know that Paul sought and advocated for the freedom for a bondservant named Onesimus in Philemon. So Lord, would you help us when there's tough texts that rub us the wrong way, that trigger us, that are hard for us or even horrifying, oh God, would you help us by the power of the Holy Spirit, give us insight, give us wisdom, help us, oh God, to seek out people who have the knowledge and the skill to um, teach us what the word is saying so that we might read your word correctly and learn of you and grow to be better disciples, oh God. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Innovative worship leader Sandra Maria Van Opstel is known for crafting worship that embodies the global, multi-ethnic body of Christ. In her book, The Next Worship, Van Opstel likens diverse worship to a sumptuous banquet and shows how worship leaders can set the table and welcome worshipers from every tribe and tongue. She provides biblical foundations for multi-ethnic worship with practical tools and resources for planning services that reflect God's invitation for all peoples to praise Him. When multi-ethnic worship is done well, the church models reconciliation and prophetic justice, heralding God's good news for the world. Get your copy today at ivypress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, The Word. That's promo code, T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth's Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. I'm so tired to sleep.